Chapter Fourteen of the Death of Society: A Novel of Tomorrow, by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Fourteen. He was late for lunch, but though the others had finished and Old Ingman had gone, there was a great plate of roast pork for him and a jug of beer, and Hilda and Natalia waited upon him. He was cleaned and bathed and full of new energy from his ride and as he sat down felt he had fate in his hands where is rosa ingman he said as the sultan might ask for the favourite she will not rise to-day said hilda shall i see her he asked a little peremptorily if she wishes it replied hilda with dignity natalia said to make them speak of something different where did you ride when i left you oh answered smith grandly i went as your fairies would say monomorsel through the forest over a ford and down to a waterfall but there an avalanche cut off my way the road then is blocked exclaimed hilda we shall get nothing from ortsetter to-morrow we get our eggs and butter that way jan will come the top way said natalia or i will go for you and take this torvald to carry the basket smith looked at natalia and half shook his head in denial and she dropped her eyes and said nothing more because she understood he meant to be at the service of rosa ingman that is a lonely spot smith remarked to cover up the silence down by that fall i hate it cried hilda i hate it yes hilda hates it like an enemy said natalia but under the protection of queen hulda you no doubt like it said smith there can be no forest terrors for you under the shadow of that potent majesty you are making fun of me she cried not at all he said eating very fast i wish she would accept me as ambassador at her court where from asked natalia let's say from ruritania that's where the handsome heroes come from even hilda was induced to smile but as she smiled she noticed natalia's ring on smith's little finger and her heart stopped what did it mean what was this stranger at all events why did he not go away and take the unquiet out of the house and the stare out of rosa ingman's eyes with him even ebba spent so long cleaning his room that she neglected her other duties she said to her sister in norwegian this wears thy ring natalia stared straight in her eyes and replied yes and i his watch we are friends friends exclaimed hilda he has bewitched the house yes yes cried natalia and i am glad you are mad said hilda and went away hilda suspects me smith remarked when she had gone of being the devil in disguise and i too said natalia but i know you are i do not suspect you i am sure now torvald as you are the devil will you buy my soul why certainly he said there is always a ready market for souls in hell but give the old devil a match first the rain has damped all his brimstone natalia lit a pine branch in the fire and brought it to him fragrant and smouldering and he lit his cigarette at it now he said what is the bargain to be he thought he might as well talk this way as any other until the interminable hours should pass until the time when he could see rosa ingman again and at this minute the hours did seem most interminable like a bad scene in a play which never comes to an end why do you want to sell your soul he asked as she hesitated because it is no use to me she said mournfully i'd better warn you bartered souls often fall due long before the body dies i know i do not care she answered as if the matter were really serious 
Mine may fall due today, for all I mind. Well, he asked, smiling, what is it to be? Wings, or money, or a prince, or vain temporal power, as they say? I wish, she said, trembling a little, to be the most wonderful writer of stories that ever lived. Is that all, he asked, and laughed. That is one of the many things you can get without the devil if you wish hard enough, you silly child. Can I? The daughter of Carl Ingman and Rosa Christensen ought to manage it. It is a secret a great many people don't know. There isn't any limit to what you can be, but the limit of your aspirations, wishing power, that is. You think so? Sure, he cried. There is no limit but the power to will. Have you ever written, she asked? Yes, he replied, and blushed. I wrote bad plays when I was young, before the war. And now? Well, he smiled, I think there is more money in trade. There, you look unhappy. Found out I am mercenary after all. You should write wonderful plays, why didn't you? I am not Rosa Christensen's son, and didn't wish hard enough, perhaps. You will write again, she asked excitedly. I hope not. I hope I am a plain, sane man now. Oh, she exclaimed, oh! I am content to live life and to create living men and women, he said, to try and lighten her disappointment, and to earn money. You see, I am poor. You look rich. He laughed. Yes, I am awfully rich. I am a millionaire on the, he all but said love market, but changed it to on the wrong side. But you know I am a happy man because, he smiled, like a spider, I am content with myself and have rather many resources within me. Oh, said Natalia, how very pleased with yourself you sound. Conceited? Yes, very, very conceited. Please tell me how many poor girls' hearts you have broken. He laughed. I am a bluebeard, Natalia, with a cellar full of wives, all with their heads chopped off, still in the prime of beauty, and not a bit decayed, so that their relatives can recognize them. You are stupid, she said. Well, I'll own to that. Come, let's sit by the fire and you shall tell me some of the exploits of the great queen hulda they drew up their chairs to the cheerful log fire and smith settled himself down to continue waiting but natalia sat on the floor at his feet with her head against his knee they neither of them spoke for a while and then natalia said timidly i should like to know about the wives in the cellar one was a russian said smith good-humouredly and she deserved her fate she cheated me as only a russian can her name was vera abramovitch abramovna i suppose over in her own country she got me to london on false pretenses and ran off with a fat baron ten minutes before i arrived at the hotel she was very amusing and used to call me the old horse then there was jane and lucette who consoled me in paris for the disillusionment in women i had through jane is that all cried natalia who felt again that she was hearing of reality, or life, as it is called. I am afraid not, said Smith. There was Judith, a child like you, that I played the tragic comedy of parting forever with when I was eighteen. She married. Another, Laura, also married somebody else, while I was fooling myself in the Tyrol, trying to pretend I had a platonic friendship for her. I never obeyed a woman's commands of that kind again. I was twenty then and there was another between whiles that i pretended nothing with not even love as i did with vera abramovitch i had a cynical side to my nature you know even then do all men love a great many women asked natalia 
i believe so said smith and laughed you see god hasn't created the woman yet who represents the whole of female perfection he smiled don't mistake me natalia i am not a beast i don't run after women solely as women he began to stroke her head as he thought of all those past and bygone romances i should love only you cried natalia only you torvald i hope not he said kindly or you would only have me to offer myself so i must she said love a great many people of course he said as many as possible lord he cried and threw back his head laughing when one's in love one's inclined to believe that it is only love that makes the world go round when one's out of love and dyspeptic love seems the greatest blot on creation love everything men women cats dogs houses flowers rain sun that's it he said and took his hand away from her head and scratched his own and yawned love the bottle or card sharping if you can't love anything else how terrible she exclaimed i shall die there that is why i am not free because you say i must love i feel i should try to i have no heart of my own i believe i only said i loved you because you told me i was to be brave and say what i thought well you did love me didn't you he asked indulgently i did i did she cried then my dear said smith there's nothing to complain of and they sat in silence for some while each staring into the fire Today he felt indulgent toward her like an affectionate and elder brother who is older by a war and by long experience of work and love and failure and success there was no contest between them nothing but kindliness in his heart for her youth and inexperience which he had no desire to teach he thought now he would rather have brought her a doll from paris than act as showman of life but when she forced him to act showman he nevertheless found it not altogether unpleasant in a little while she began to speak again and broke in upon his thoughts which had gone away round rosa ingman when i stare at the fire she said i feel we are not all dead inside we have fires and the fire seems like me and i like the fire so i feel as if i were a little one burning on the hearth i then feel sorry the pine wood is blazing queen hulda makes her fires blaze round black rocks they glow like bright coals and clear as scarlet crystal and you can see through them into hell where the devils poke bad folk with toasting forks and turn them on spits till they are roasted when she takes the fire away the rocks turn black and rough and cold as if fire had never been near if you wish to know how they act in heaven you must look into a pool on a bright day and there you will see people walking in a green paradise with flowers on their heads and long embroidered dresses as they say in the old books said smith yes she replied exactly like that and the old pictures but she said queen hulda said that neither heaven nor hell were like that except to those who were not there once she made heaven come down into the forest and it was a light that made everything vanish and i sat there in the midst of it and saw nothing and felt nothing but that i was the light and yet there was no light because there was nothing yet i knew that it was heaven she once took me walking upon hills where the sons of god walked but there were no hills and nobody there and still i knew i was among the sons of god on the hills of paradise i understand said smith she showed you ineffable bliss when do you have these adventures in the forest at night sometimes sometimes any time 
they seem real to me and the people i do not understand unreal she takes me all over the world we go to china and the arabian nights i could never tell you all the things we do i said smith has similar adventures though you might not believe it but mine are with persons of flesh and blood and not with fantastical phantoms are they cried natalia and sat away from him on the floor are they she said again and gazed into his face yes he said thinking of rosa engman they are and looked straight into the girl's eyes that must be why you look so wise and quiet and proud she murmured it must be he said smiling the world is not what people say it is as we agreed is it and you she cried you find it a simple and beautiful place he said quietly the silence fell again and he felt himself come very near to rosa engman and yet waited with his body and soul at attention as if he were about to receive the gift of sight he thought i have lived the past day and night as best i could but it has not been my life he hoped when he came into his life again to find nothing to regret in this half state of waiting he felt a little sick and a little tired and rosa ingman went away from him like a half-perceived idea was this age of hope never to come to an end perhaps the rest of his life was to consist of death-like hope if it is fine to-morrow he thought and things are as they are i shall go away what am i to her i am playing the fool my destiny is not worse than that of most men seeking for complete realization and never finding it perhaps as i have had glimpses of it before and am now so near it i shall have it before i die if not now another time if not here in another place he fell into solemn thoughts and sighed rosa rosa he said to himself i could see creation with your help and he stared for a long time into the fire dreaming of what he imagined rosa ingman and himself could find together and saw in the embers as old ingman would no doubt have said a midnight sun's paradise suddenly he was aroused by natalia who had gone and come again without his noticing it she called softly from halfway down the stairs behind him torvald rosa ingman wishes to see you what he cried and pain twisted his face rosa ingman wishes she began to repeat he sprang to his feet his emotions nearly broke to tears but hesitating a moment he regained himself and in a burst of joy cried i am coming i am coming and the gates of heaven seemed to him to have burst open End of chapter fourteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine